Hello everyone. I'm so excited. Today I have my friend the amazing Janina Newman who I'm going to interview for this podcast. Uh, Janina is um, specialized in design and she's a bilingual design company and she helps the public sector, charities, social entrepreneurs and she implements design for social change. And then <laughs> Yeah, she's amazing. And uh, the bilang bilingual focus ensures clients can communicate their message equally, effectively across different languages and cultures. So welcome, Janina. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Janine. It's so lovely to be here. I'm so honored to have you on board. Uh, I can't remember if I said your company name, Janina Newman Design. If I didn't, that's a company. Anyway, so I have two questions for you. As you are German and you live in the UK, you started this business called Bicultural. Can you tell me why and when it started? Yes, um, so I've been running my business since um, 2016. And really the bicultural and the bilingual element really came about as I developed as a business owner. Um, because as you develop as a business owner, you um, do a lot of self-development and um, you just find your authentic self, so to speak. And um, yeah, it really came about um, because I was invited by a client to um, attend their trade show, which is called Medica in Germany. And I really understood that there's a um, real need um, to help clients communicate across cultures. Um, so yeah, so by cultural means that um, you... Um, you have two cultures that you regard as your own. Um, so cultures can be like people, countries, um, or the way people behave. And um, the bilingual part is that I speak German and English fluently. Um, I am actually a so-called coordinate bilingual. So I um, have um, have both language. I learned both languages in different contexts. So I associate different words um, according to the language. So it's also guided by experience. Oh, like an example? Um, so I, there was a really interesting study, which I think best describes how I might feel. And um, it was a study where they asked um, Mandarin and um, English-speaking um, individuals. Um, so they're both, the, the individuals were all um, bi bilingual. And they were asked, um, could you name a statue um, with a raised arm? And when asked in English, they were more likely to say Statue of Liberty. And when asked in Mandarin, they'd be more likely to say Statue of Mao. Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> I never heard about that. So what's, in, what's this thing called again? Coordinate? Um... Coordinate bilingual, yes. Oh. There are different types of bilingualism. So you have um, a different kind, which um, when you're very young, you basically um, learn these two languages, but you have one way of thinking. Whilst if you're coordinate bilingual, which is a um, step up from that because you're a bit older, you have two ways of thinking. So I actually can switch perspective according to who I designed for. And then you have another level is how um, people learn different languages when um, they're adults. So they actually translate through the other language. 
Oh, that's super fascinating. So if you learn a foreign language as an adult, you first think in your own language and then they translate it. Yes, typically, yes. Oh, wow. Yes, that makes sense. Because languages I've learned as an adult, I need to... How will you say this? And I try to remember my textbook as well. How did I say this phrase when I go to the bar and I need to ask for a, for a special dish? That's super interesting. I didn't know they differentiate the categories. Wow, fascinating. Um, what advantages has biculturalism given you? Um, so the main advantage, I think, is to understand um, different people and why they might do things differently and to having more of an acceptance towards that. I also think that I'm more willing to put myself in situations where I don't really know the outcome. For example, when I started um, my business, I was um, in my early 20s and I just turned up at these quite random networking events where I knew no one and I just... I had the confidence because um, I, I knew how how it sometimes feels to be different. Um, and obviously in that scenario, I was only different because people didn't know me. Um, but being bicultural, you are some, you just sometimes don't fit in. Um, even though you have both values and you can integrate quite well, there are certain things that set you apart. I totally agree. And uh, this is what I feel as we spoke in your podcast, where I will share the link in the description if you want to hear she interview me. But I will just shortly tell you something. I'm Italian slash Finnish, but I also lived many years in the UK. I've gone for long uh, holidays in the US because my mother lives there. And I lived a bit in Africa and a bit in France. And wherever I am, in these countries, I always feel home, but I always feel I always am somewhere else. So when I'm in Italy, compared to my friends, the Italian ones, I always have that a lot of foreigner inside me. When I'm here, I am English, uh, I'm Italian slash uh, Finnish. When I'm in Finland, I'm Italian. And it's like, that's something I feel that you're always like a bit of out of place, but it's actually something if you make peace with it, you feel good then. It's like you, you can fit everywhere. On the downside, it's like you have many homes, no? Yeah, certainly. Um, but also, I feel that um, really the people that you surround yourself with make you feel at home. I have family and, um, and friends who are from different cultures and sometimes... <laughs> it's such a mix and actually because of their personalities and their way of doing things I feel at home so that's a really good thing I am I can um imagine because you're never you're never really out of place as long as you're with the right people yes yes absolutely um I heard some time ago uh, somebody saying that if you're with the right people it doesn't matter what you're doing and that's true. When you're with the right people, it doesn't matter if you're like playing a board game or just chatting or watching television. If you're with the right people, it's a great night. Certainly, exactly. Yeah. And you can just um, bond over their personalities because I think sometimes people um, misunderstand, you know, culture for actually individual traits. 
yeah. it's a good guidance on how to form friendships but it's not the beginning and end all um, yeah. because personality is so important as well absolutely do you think that your biculturalism has helped you to be more empathetic and be more switch on with your intuition about people yes yeah, certainly um i think it's because you notice like body language um a bit more because sometimes you don't know how the other person feels or whether you know they <laughs> they they might have like a stern demeanor and you might think do they not like me but actually they're probably just thinking and um yeah no i have family who um who are like that so i can relate to that that some people actually just have a um you know stare into space when they think mm-hmm. um so actually um just being more aware that um people are brought up differently so that's going to affect how they communicate and it depends of whether they've switched um their communication style or not so yeah it def- definitely makes you more empathetic and it also makes you more empathetic when someone doesn't fit in because you can relate to that they might miss parts of the other culture or they've left family behind um so that's why they might be a bit shy mm. yes yes and as you i started to go to network events and i will uh, immediately see somebody who felt out of place and i will go and chat with them because sometimes it's just a question to warm up to the room or even to a party i'm always the, the person that is if i see somebody out of place i try to talk to them sometimes they're just having a bad day or maybe they're just grumpy people but oftentimes it happens very rarely that they don't want to speak with you oftentimes they're like so relieved that somebody's talking to them yeah i can re- definitely relate to that and also i'm always thankful when someone comes up to me and i feel out of place <laughs> yes exactly do to others what you wish do to yourself the golden rule um it's very interesting that so who do you help the most it's like uh, german people who speak fluently english or english pe- english speaking people that want to do business with german speaking countries how does it work um so at the moment um i do a lot in the uk community work um and i have the occasional um client abroad um who wants to um in export to the UK and they're based in Germany um or they ha- might have a um um a multilingual team um so part of the their team was based in Austria and I communicated with them for a project um ba- um here in the UK um but also the bilingual and the biculture aspect actually gives me some insights to help like local communities because the UK is very much bicultural and I'm very much interested to work also with minority groups and making them feel like they can build their home here. Awesome, awesome. Because yes, of course, you also have help British businesses that just want to have a more um, wide range of people they can appeal to. Definitely. Cool, cool. Um, Have you found any cultural barriers or are there um, any that you're still uh, seeing nowadays? Um, so for me, I just a personal story. Um, a year or so ago, I was having a conversation with someone 
and I felt like I was holding I, I told him this story and then I said look I feel like I'm holding back towards this this client because I I just want to tell him um how I feel and give him some feedback and he said oh you know this person I was talking to said oh how come and said well I'm trying to rein in the German direct feedback and he said actually that's what I appreciate most about you that you tell me in a direct way and I was like oh well that, that's a good thing <laughs> so actually sometimes we see things as barriers and we're trying to adapt things that are actually part of our personality because I would say that although I'm direct with people that um, I'm close to I'm not as direct with people that I'm not close to so it actually depends on um, you know how close um, you are um, in a business relationship so so that's made definitely made me think about how I adapt um, because I've also realized that I'm you know, I am bicultural, so I'm a good mix of both. So I can fit in in both um, cultures, but I definitely would say that um, what I see with um, my um, British clients who want to export to Germany is that sometimes um, they might get um, a bit confused about why the German audience um, might ask so many questions and also they're very much led by theory rather than by application. So they actually want to understand first how you've constructed your argument. Whilst here, it's a bit more like you show your case study and what you've achieved. So that I think that's quite an important point. That's interesting. Okay. So Germans are much more, they need to understand how and why you arrived to a result. So they're interested yeah. in different aspects, right? They need to trust yeah. you basically in knowing what brought you to that project or to that, um, I don't know, uh, idea. Instead, British people want to trust you on a level of uh, do I like this person kind of thing, right? Yes, and also um, they, the German-speaking audience kind of wants to understand whether they agree with your thinking before you come to that conclusion because if they feel like they don't understand your thinking that that already puts up a barrier oh, because okay. they because th they're putting your, their trust in you to deliver or think through a problem so if they don't understand how you thought it through they don't really understand how you've come to the conclusion and whether that has any value wow Wow, that's super fascinating. And have you worked with other cultures that you have noticed some uh, characteristic like the difference between German and British? Yes, um so I've read um I've I've read a few books about um how people interacted with different cultures and I've interviewed people about uh, working with different cultures. Um I would say um, a great book to read on those specific things is by um, Erin Mayer. It's called The Cultural um, Map. And that's a great book about um, eight scales of differences. For example, communication style, how you decide, how you persuade others. It's a really good book. That's super interesting. I'm going to give it a read. And uh, like, for example, uh, what's an example that was very interesting that you find in the book? that you liked very much um it, there's this is one example and it, it was it actually references um a different 
um, presentation and um, it was given by um, David Foster Wallace and I can't quite recall each of the individual words to the story but yeah, basically no, no, doesn't matter. just uh, the, the, the idea the concept that you found fascinating yes so okay so um, there were there are two young fish who swim upstream and another older fish comes the other way and says um, good morning boys how's the water and the two younger fish look at each other and one of them goes um, what what the hell is water so that just illustrates how we sometimes don't understand how we're living in our own cultural bubble and how we actually perceive things um, generate ideas is all from our past experiences so if we have only experiences of our culture then we're only going to form ideas surrounding that so it's really important thing for example when people talk about innovation is um that you need to have a diverse team and that's because if you have a diverse team people can um behave um like they would they don't they don't try and um conform as much to the group um consensus so actually more ideas and um, more creative ideas um, are generated that's super fascinating wow and uh, I noticed when you were talking about this I noticed the difference when I was uh, a teenager I had various group of friends no and uh, there were these big groups I will hang out with and something very interesting was I've grown up mostly in Milan uh, since I was six years old no so that's why they strong Italian accent. But the thing I noticed was these big groups and they were the classical Italian. Mostly of them were like grew up in Milan from parents who grew up in Milan or like always Italianish. So groups with Italians, Italian dance. And I noticed these groups were all dressed kind of alike. Cause you know, when you're a teenager, you want to fit in. So one group had all the Fred Perry, and um, I don't know, those kind of brands, like a bit fancy. The other brand, the other group was all about uh, disco and they were wearing uh, uh, glasses, even in rainy days, like shades. <laughs> and they had super colorful things. And the other one was more like sportive. The other one was more like uh, uh, hip hop, uh, rap. And uh, then there was one group, which was from a, a part of town, which had a very much international um, um, uh, people living there because basically was uh, a small town where there was a television uh, channel and what happened is that these people were Americans, Africans, Asian, um, Italians, English, German from all over the world and the thing I noticed is this group was uh, much, much more easier to fit in because even nowadays because I'm still friends with this group even nowadays, everybody's dressed alike. Uh, sorry, I meant the opposite. Everybody's this dressed totally different. There is the guy with, which loves heavy metal, so he dressed with uh, black leather and stuff. The guy that dressed like a surfer, and the one who dressed like um, all uh, elegant, and they all fit in. It's because they, they never try to fit in and homologate. They fit in, but without the homologation. So it's very varied and is uh, multicultural and uh, 
And it's so interesting to hang out with these friends, even if most of them are Italian, but they had so much influence from uh, you are okay as you are. You don't need to fit into a group. And, um, and me feeling always a bit out of place with them. I never feel out of place, no? Because uh, when my other friends talk about uh, things, they always talk about things that happen in their area and, uh, and they have such a much different life from me, which is fine, but that group is much more close to home, no? And it's the That's same so thing, I think, when you hire a team, if you want diversity, you should hire diversity so they will all think differently. So that's a very good point. But yes, I find that really interesting how you also said how you fit in better because there's no like group consensus and but still people get along and I sometimes feel that they get along better because there's not this one standard how you need to behave or what you need to say. Exactly. No guidelines. <laughs> exactly. Full of tattoos, some hate tattoos, but they just hang out together. It's amazing. Um, and um, uh, you say something about before and the coordinate bilingual. You say that you are a coordinate bilingual, but there are the two types and you can uh, approach the client with knowing, once you know their own uh, cultural system, you relate to them. How do you spot who, which type a person is? It's like, do you have a way to ask them like how long have been bicultural or is something you can hear from what they say, what they, I don't know. Yes. And so it, it doesn't really matter which one you are. It more, it more matters about how you generate ideas. So if someone, um, it, you know, is, um, is bilingual f from like birth and grows up like that, then all the ideas come into one. So the way they, they have a one way of thinking, um, which is their own, which most people have. Um, but with, with the coordinate bilingual, so if you learn it in different contexts, you can just remember other experiences um, that you've had in that culture, for example, that statue example that I gave. But if someone's translating it um, as an adult through another language, then they only have the vocabulary of that one first language to influence what they're thinking in the second language. Because what vocabulary we have and kind of what idioms we use really influences how we think. So if that person thinks in that first language and it only and it's um culturally acceptable to say certain things then they might try and replicate that in the other language but it might not be as culturally acceptable or people don't understand the idiom that happens a lot with jokes when people try to translate some jokes from italian to english or vice versa and they just don't work <laughs> Certainly, but also I think that's sometimes what happens in in-house teams when they learn, um, for example, English and they're based in Germany and they say, well, I can speak English quite well and I can design this marketing campaign, but they've never actually been in the English, uh, the British business environment, so they don't actually know how people behave. It's almost creating a concept before you've done your own market research. Mm -hmm. I see, I see. 
that's very clever but still you can always deliver amazing results because i read your feedback on your website and they're all raving fans <laughs> oh thank you so much <laughs> because and i guess this is because you understand people from a different aspects you are bicultural and on top of that you have the curiosity to understand more on how we all work and uh, you seem you come across as someone very observant that when you're in a group you see okay this is acceptable this is not and you always are very thoughtful which can help you to understand what a client needs once they tell you which clients they want to aim for and who they are i guess you can do a good balance right Yes, that's right. And also, it's really important to ask lots of questions, because if you don't ask a lot of questions, then you're kind of assuming things that you know from your own experiences, but they might be um, like just um, ex experiences that um, are right for that situation, but the client might know other things that, um, that work. Um, so it's basically... Um, delivering um, the right marketing measure, uh, message visually, which is really important, but also um, the right copy about what you want to achieve. Yes, that's very true. Uh, the therapist, I know for sure, I learned <laughs> for sure that when somebody tells you something, always ask questions because we tend to filter with our own experience and knowledge and the person is like no it's nothing like that because we think i will feel like that if this ha will have happened to me but they don't because they are not you so everybody has his own filters and experiences so it's always good to make questions and don't give things for granted because we are all different and if you want to deliver a, a good result that the client is happy it's very important that you ask a lot of questions and we listen to them. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess uh, sometimes there is a bit of interpretation on uh, intuition on what the client is trying to tell us because we kind of know, like, for example, when I wanted my website, I kind of knew how I wanted to look like, but I didn't have no clue what, where to put what. So it's like, I don't know, just make it happen. And the person was like, what do you want? <laughs> Why do you, which, and I was like, I don't know. It just needs to look like this. And I don't know. <laughs> so it's, it's complicated because uh, if it's something like for me, design of a website is out of my depth. Like, I don't know that thing. And uh, I, I kind of know what the final result, but I really don't know. So I need some guidance to get like, okay and add the right questions and then i guess i can get ah yeah that's my website it's even better than i dreamed of like, that would be amazing no definitely and also i think it's about uh, trusting the creative to deliver um solutions to your problem and also that you recognize um your brand within whatever they've produced so their brand your brand isn't just like graphics it's also like the brand values what you stand for how you communicate um what you say what you don't say so it just goes so much beyond just the logo yes yes uh do you ever find clients who try to micromanage you like because what i learned for experience is always hire people that are smarter than you to do the things they know how to do 
So it's like uh, accountant, hire somebody who knows accountants more than I do, and in the video maker, blah, blah, blah. So always find somebody who knows better than you, no? But I noticed that sometimes some people with my friends who work into, like in the design industry, for example, you have these clients that try to micromanage. How, do you have any tips when uh, you get a client like that? Um, I would assess their maturity as a um, business owner because like you say, if, I, I tend to find people who are quite mature as business owners and it doesn't mean how long you've been in business for. It's about how self-aware they are and how problem-aware they are. If they're very problem-aware, they understand that actually their thinking hasn't solved their problem. So they understand that actually they need to take, take a step back and perhaps suggest things. Whilst people who micromanage have probably just heard that they probably need this and they still believe that um, their thinking is going to solve their issue. Ah, yes, makes total sense. Um, so, who do you work with the most? Which are your clients you work usually? Uh, I know for sure you work with social enterprise, startup, uh, engineering, small, medium business, council, and global think tank. So, anyone else? Did they forgot somebody? Basically, um, people who want to deliver a um, social change and I help them implement that through design because if you want to implement social change you have to have a um, brand or a message that's really recognizable so people can um, relate to it and continue the movement um, so that's that's who I'd love to speak to. Awesome, awesome. Because as um, a reminder, you don't only work with German speaking people, you also work with every kind of culture. It's just anybody who needs your services and you can figure out what the best uh, project they need, no? Correct? Definitely. Yeah. So mainly people come to me when they have a very strong social goal, but they don't know how to deliver it or they feel stuck. And that's completely normal. Like some people ask me, um, you know, I don't know what to ask you, but that's kind of my expertise and asking you the right questions. It's more about reaching out and telling me about what you want to achieve. That's important. Amazing. And how can people reach out for you? Yes. So um, I have a website, yaninanormadesign.co.uk but that might be a bit hard to spell. I'll, so, I'll put it in the description, don't worry. No, that's brilliant. Or you can search bilingualdesign.co.uk and you'll also land on my website. And I do a lot of um, free workshops and they're all advertised um, on my website and there are also lots of tools there and to get you going. And if you want to reach out, then please do. That's um, my contact details are on my website. Awesome. And uh, Nina, what is the things you help with? Because we mentioned at the beginning, but if you want to do a list of the main things you can do for somebody. Yes, sure. So um, for, for those of you who are interested in um, doing international work, um, I do bilingual design and typesetting. But I also do a program called Pitch Your Brand, where we develop your pitch presentation, your brand identity, and also your pitch video amazing that's super that's super 
Janina, it was a pleasure to have you today on my podcast. It was so nice to be on your podcast, Janine. And I learned so much from you as well. It's been really great. Oh, I always learn from you. It's like, because for people who don't know, but we speak on a weekly basis. And I tell you, this girl is amazing. She's talented, she's smart, she's funny. And it's like, it's a pleasure to, you will love working with her. Oh, thank you very much. And Janine has got me into podcasting and helping me step out my comfort zone. So she's, she's great and building your confidence. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And yes, I'm so glad. But I, I think I was just the final push because you had this desire to spread your message, your ideas and stuff. So I think I was just the final key. But I just show you where the key was. The key was inside you to unlock that thing. But yes, um, I'm glad that I was the final step to help you open up and do podcasts because she's amazing. And oh, tell us about your podcast. Where can people listen to your podcast? Yeah, so we also had a great interview together. Um, so my podcast is the Bicultural Podcast. And um, you can also type in the biculturalpodcast.com. Um, and you'll find all the links to that and you can listen to the other interview we did together where I interviewed Janine and it was brilliant you, I learned so much again <laughs> <laughs> was lovely to have you today thank you very thank so much and thank you everybody for listening us and uh, I will put the links in the description so you can find Janina's podcast and her website brilliant thank you Janine you're very welcome ciao ciao, ciao. Okay.